Whether you're starting a game or starting your day, you need to pick a starting lineup, and you're going to want the starter from Jack Black. Loaded with the superior skincare the pros love, Kings fans can get the starter for just $10, shipping included. Available exclusively at GetJackBlack.com with the code TEAMJB, the starter has four of Jack Black's best-selling skincare and shave products, plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm, SPF 25, in natural mint. Here's to the winning combination for 2022, the LA Kings and the starter from Jack Black. $10 plus free shipping, available at GetJackBlack.com with the code TEAMJB while supplies last. You're listening to an LA Kings podcast. For more episodes of this and every other Kings program, visit LAKings.com slash podcast. Kings with a takeaway, I have ball to Velarde, scores! Kay Velarde digs Flurry out of his skin. You're listening to All the Kings Men, the official podcast of the LA Kings. Viola passes straight away to Kopitar, out wide, down, he scores! Absolutely brilliant! Now, here's your host, Jesse Cohen. Welcome back, Kings fans. I am Jesse Cohen. This is All the Kings Men. That game in Minnesota sure was wild, am I right? The Kings are 1-2-0 heading into Week 2, where they'll finish out this first road trip of the season with games against Detroit, Nashville, Pittsburgh, and Washington. As we did last year, we're naming a King of the Week. This will be King of the Week for Week 1. That'll cover the games against Vegas, Seattle, and Minnesota. And to help me out, someone who has always been happy to help me out, and, frankly, someone that's been to more practices and training camp days than just about anyone not named Zach, Jim, or Jesse, Dennis Bernstein. Time for King of the Week joining me for Week 1, the inaugural week of the 2022-23 season. Dennis Bernstein, how are you doing today, Dennis? Doing great, Jess. Great to be with you on King of the Week. Yeah, I've done this a few times in the past, but I'm going to do it again now. Um... You have always been available uh, for me whenever I've asked, going back what feels like maybe 15 years now. So uh, just yep. huge, huge thanks as always for your time. Appreciate it. Just, you know what that, you know that my wife says 80% of the job is showing up. So I'm showing up and I always show up. So happy to do with you. And it's probably been 15 years, which is amazing. So yeah. good to be with you. So when, uh, Look, every uh, time this happens, every week that that goes on, I start, you know, as soon as the first game is played, I start thinking, all right, who's going to be, you know, just start Mm -hmm. putting little mental notes away. Game one was like, okay, great. I've got a real clear cut choice here. Game two, I was like, oh boy, I've got one. I don't know. I don't know how I'm going to fill out three because, you know, that's the format we do. uh, Honorable mention runner up and then king of the week. And after two games, I was like, all right, this is going to be a rough week. But then last night, we're recording this Sunday morning. Yeah. Saturday night gave us a lot to choose from, Dennis. Do uh, you want to go first or do you want me to go first? Uh, you can go first. I, I have my ideas, but you can certainly kick us off. All right. So for honorable mention, uh, oh, man, I still haven't actually made up my mind. <laughs> I, was, I was expecting you to. All right. Oh, you Ron, got- <laughs> no, no, no. It's all right. I'll go. I'll go. Uh, for honorable mention, I think I'm going to go uh, Brant Clark, right? Plays his first NHL games, doesn't look out of place. Um, I thought he looked nervous is not exactly the right word I want to use, but but I felt like you could see the wheels turning in his mind for the first half yeah. of his first game. Sure. But a- after that, I thought he looked natural. I thought he looked 
like the player that uh well i expect him to to stick around all year based on what we've yeah. seen so far well his his minutes dropped last night maybe that was a reaction to the seattle game but uh my honorable mention uh because he finally got on the board last night and you expected him to have a big game in minnesota was kevin fiala mm-hmm. uh, that was a nice goal he scored last night got three points on the board uh and for the people who said he's a slow starter, well, hopefully he's not a slow starter in Los Angeles, but there was a, a nice effort last night from Kevin uh, going back home. I was talking to somebody yesterday and I was saying in the, you know, in the, in the heyday of the Kings Cup contention, Jeff Carter, Justin Williams, Marion Gabrick, uh, you know, Dustin Penner, Jared Stoll, all of the guys that came in from other teams. You could rely on them to score on their former teams when the Kings played. Right. <laughs> it was it, there was a brief window where no former Kings would score on the Kings when they played them, and every former right. you know yes. flyer, j- right. blue jacket, whatever it was, they'd always score on their former team. And that to me was like just this little subtle sign. Oh, this team is you know it's different. Like it used to be, you know, yeah. you could you could. Bet money on it every time that a former king in the lineup would score against the Kings and a current king would never score against his old game. So to see Kevin Fiala come out big and score against him, that was, that felt good. Uh, that's yeah. a, that's a solid pick. And they needed him last night, Jeff. They, they absolutely needed every goal. Well. He did every goal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They did. Um, yeah. No, you're 100% right. All right. So that brings us to runner up and i've got to go with 11 Andre kopitar the captain uh if for no other reason than he passes uh dave taylor on the all-time career points list uh you know on the la kings all-time career yes. points moves into third place um three points last night was it three points last night i feel like it was three it points. was three points last night yep yeah three and assists. uh tied for team lead right now a four-way tie for the team lead with four points all four assists <laughs> Um, and as you said, they needed him. They needed all those points. I will also concur with, with Kobe because of that, uh, passing that milestone. Mm-hmm. That's a major, major milestone. Uh, he plays it off, but I know all, all these accolades are important to him, probably more important once he retires, but like the Mark Messier award. Sure. Last yeah. night, last year, he, he's like, that was, you know, it's Mark Messier. So yeah, of course it's important to me. And of course I want him in the cup, but these things are important, but probably after time, uh, after he sit, steps down and steps away from the ice, but I also will go with uh, um, uh, Andre Kopitar. Now, now, can I go first for my? Yeah, King absolutely. I have a feeling we're going to go with the same person. Yeah, so I'm going to be contrite here. All There's right. no question. There's no question. It's Gabe Vellani. Yeah, no question. Right, uh, hey, Jess. This is a different player. It's not the same Gabe Vellardi. Like they they put the other Gabe Vellardi in a closet somewhere, and this guy came <laughs> out and. Um, is playing fast and dangerous and it's got a better attitude. Um, and it's something they need. And I think at, at some point he's probably, if he's going to play this way, he's going to be in, in the top six, but, um, it's just, it's not the, this player isn't recognizable from the one that, that was playing here for a hundred some odd games. So good for him. Good for bringing a better attitude, which you could see. Um, and just a, a guy who's been dangerous most every game, the first, for the three games. Yeah, he looks like the player that I watched in highlights when after he was drafted, right? And we saw all of his, yep. yeah, mm-hmm. we saw all of his junior highlights. Like that's the guy that that we're seeing right now. I have to confess, though, uh, I am starting to get a little leery of how we're talking about him. Okay. Um, it's a weird analogy to draw, but I'm going to do it anyway. Um, okay. I have lost. 
not an insignificant amount of weight recently. Yes. And a ton yes. of people, a ton of people. Great for you. Thank Absolutely. you very much. Amazing ton, transformation. A ton yeah. of people have mentioned it, right? They Great. stop me at the game. You know, they see me practice, whatever. And there is a threshold where you start to go, okay, I appreciate the kind words, but I also get it. I looked like for a long time. Thanks for thanks thanks for reminding me. <laughs> Only you, Jess. Only you would take accolades. <laughs> no, but I mean, like it. You know, if you get a haircut or if you you know wear a new outfit or whatever, and people start you know, and and there reaches that point where you go like, okay, wow, I never realized how many people were aware of how terrible my old haircut was, or, or how sure. I, and so I every you know on the telecast now you've got you know Foxy and Fausty going like, oh, even when he gets on the bus, he's smiling and he looks great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, yep. I'm like, yep. I'm like, Jesus, if I'm Gabe or Gabriel, excuse me, and I'm listening to this all, you know, at some point it's just like, okay, I, oh wow, God, I get it already. I was. <laughs> like, well, because well, I don't think we'll be talking about if he plays like this at game ten. We're not going to be talking about like this I hope will not. improve Gabe Villar. I, I don't think so. I, I think it's okay. This is a dangerous player. Yeah, and, and you know it, this might be a situation. Just like with um, Adrian Kempe, where they tried and tried and tried to make him a center. And they finally put him on the wing and they kept him there. And that was that. And now he's a 30-goal scorer. And he's probably going to be a 30-goal scorer again this season. Same thing with, you know, I, I know people, you know, chirp me for, for criticizing Velarde. But A, he should have been criticized. And B, going back to when he was drafted, the day he was drafted, I told everyone he's a right wing. He's Tyler Toffoli. <laughs> yeah. And they tried to put him in the middle and it didn't work. He wasn't quick enough. Um, they did him a disservice with respect to his development. Maybe they did a disservice because they should have learned a lesson from Kepi. This guy's a right winger and he could be a dangerous right winger. Um, he has all the tools and good for him to emerge. But I agree with you. At some point, the, the, the talking about, Hey, this is a new player has to stop and you need to have consistency. So we need to see same player at game 13 and game 23 and game 33 that we see in the game three, but he's clearly a different player. Yeah. And. You know, I was, uh, as I do, getting into fights with people on uh, the message boards. And uh, somebody mentioned, as you did, Adrian Kempe, and they said, you know, gosh, I hope every prospect isn't going to be on the five-year development plan, right? And I had to kind of step in and say, Gabe Velarde wasn't really on the five-year development plan. Like, I understand he was drafted in 2017, and it's now 2022. but, But he played, what was it? 32 games, you know, in his draft plus one year. Then he missed most of draft plus two, played four games the following year. Then he played half a season the year after that. Again, out with injuries, couldn't get into the lineup. Then the year after that is the COVID shortened year where they start him in between. I think they started him in between what was it, Carter and Athanasiu or whatever it was, where he was the second line center. Didn't really work out, and so they move him to wing. So they're constantly sort of yeah. resetting his development timeline. So in my mind, it's really a year and a half. You're absolutely right. It's different, and here's why. First of all, Gabe, Gabe, Gabriel was a big-time <laughs> scorer in juniors. Yeah. And Adrian Kempe was a never big-time. You know, I know it's different over in European leagues. They don't play as much. They don't, there's not a lot of goal scoring. But Kempe played, what, four full seasons? Before he hit 35, mm-hmm. if, if, if you know, he was in the teens, and there's another guy that I said, okay, this guy has all the tools and he hasn't developed. He's a first round pick. Let's go. Another um, guy so, that wasn't a center that they tried to put at center. Exactly, but but to your point, he, this is not Gabriel Velarde's fifth year in the league, and that's right. when Kepi emerged. So it's not the same. It's not the same comparison. It's an unfair comparison. So you can't look. You want to wrap him on 
on development and not figuring out where this guy should play with respect to the organization, that's fine. But it's not the same track. It's not close to being the same track because I think Gabe has, what, 125 games in the NHL? Like, Adrian Kempe played four full seasons before he got to 35, so it's it's not the same. It's just because of COVID and because of injury, he didn't have that runway that Adrian Kempe did. Yeah, I'm looking at his stats right now. Gabriel Vardy, 92 games in the NHL right now. Yeah. So, there you go. But I will say that goal that he scored last night against uh, – I'm blanking on who they even played last night – against Minnesota. Minnesota. Um, you know, Jim Fox, had, you know, did the – did the broke down the replay and the hands and the feet doing two completely yep. different things, right? That, you know, I, I, I have said repeatedly, I pay almost no attention to skating. It's almost like I have a blind spot in my brain for it, or I don't even, I can't, I can't notice it. But when, but when you slow it down and you highlight it the way uh, Jim did last night, that edge, right. Where he's, you know, basically just skating in a, in a semicircle. Um, he's, Dangerous and, around the net. Yeah, and and the one thing like that, that Todd said that was shocking, like, what's the difference that he sees in Gabe? He's quicker. Mm-hmm. And that was the one thing. The, the big issue I have with Gabe was when he when he played, he couldn't play at pace. That was my concern, that he wasn't fast enough to play in this league. He looks really quick out there on the wing, and he looks dangerous, and he has all the tools around the net. He can go to that net, and you know, can he be a Chris Kreider? That's my question. I don't think he has the speed of Chris Kreider, but he has the physicality. He's that big. And he's going to get opportunity because the one I, I think thing that we keep seeing is Victor Arvidsson. Like, how available is this guy going to be? That one thing or another, he, I, I'm not confident he could play 82 games. And if that's the case, then you might see Gabriel in a in a top six position at some point. So this week, I chose two people based on career accomplishments. Mm-hmm. But theoretically, yep. this is for, you know, acknowledging strong play in the week. So I'm actually going to cheat and I'm going to do some honorable, honorable mentions. Please do. Yeah. Because I think Quentin Byfield has also looked like a different player. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Come on. Uh, that that he... goal that, that, first of all, Gabriel Velarde's first goal. Quentin Byfield yeah, yeah. made a great nice move, pass. right? Yep. Although yep. I still say I think he intercepted a pass intended for Alex Iafalo on that Probably first yes. goal, but, <laughs> but that's all right. But then on the second goal that Villardi scored, that entire—I mean, listen, good for Gabe to finish it off. But that's one of—I mean—that goal is why assists are given out because Iafalo has to make the play and Byfield has to make the play, and that's why assists are worth one point, goals are yep. worth one point because that line has looked really good now. Listen, let me qualify. They're not the best line in the league. No. But they might have been the best line on the Kings for three games. They don't have to be the best line on the team. If they're the third best line and they get production where Velarde gets 20 and let's say Q gets 15 and 30 assists, like you're making the playoffs. Like that, that yeah. that's what separates teams, right? If, if you're quality, because everybody's top six is fine. Everybody's going to be productive. It's, it's the third line. That's the question. What are you going to be getting from that? From that line, and he looks better. Like I want more production. I, he's the second overall pick in the draft. I want more production. He's now, on granted, pace. Some... I, I grant you, there's three games, so it's silly to talk about pace. But he's on pace for 55 points. Like, That's and he looks. Great. He looks. I'll sign for that right now. Here's the thing that I, I, I get it. He's second pick overall. He looks like a competent NHL player, and for a player who's really in his second year, I'm happy with that. Yeah, I get that expectations are are vaulted and uh, through the roof, but I'm I'm thrilled 
if we have a, a third line of competent NHL players. Okay, so if you're centering the third line and you're playing against third line players, I want this player to be dominant against those players. Right? I'd argue he looks on closer to dominant than close than he does okay. dominated. Okay. Oh yes, he's not overmatched. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely not an overmatched. Like last season was just it wasn't good for him. And I get it, maybe with some hard knocks and hard times to learn this game and go through some tough times and get knocked off the perch and understand that nobody cares that you're second overall pick when you're on the ice anymore, that you got to play. And I think maybe that was part of it too. It's getting adjusted to the NHL where you're not like you're special if you produce, not because you got picked high. And, yeah, and so, yeah. Okay. I, I don't want to make this the injury excuse tour, but another guy that, you know, first year COVID, he, I thought he was absolutely yeah. he was better than fine in his first year down in Ontario. And mm-hmm. then last year he broke his ankle in training camp. And then yep. when he came back, right, it was a completely different team than when he was in training camp. So I, I'll give him a pass on the first years. I thought he's looked great so far. Another player, we mentioned Kopitar, we mentioned Fiala. We didn't talk about Adrian Kempe, so I want to talk about him here real quick because, you know, you and I may have disagreed last year on how many goals he was going to wind up scoring at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, uh, you know, he's on pace for 82 right now, I believe. Yes, he is, which he probably won't get. <laughs> no, he won't. No, he, he's a dangerous player and a confident player, and there's no questions anymore. Like, he, he's not getting the same questions at Game 3 that he get last year at Game 3. Like, when are you going to break through? Is this going to be your big season? Right? He earned the contract, so he's, he's, he's there. And, and he works well with Kopitar, and he's a dangerous, big, fast player. That's what you want on the wing. He, he's established himself, and I think there's – I think fans should be disappointed if he doesn't get if he doesn't match thirty five. I'm not saying he's going to lead the league in scoring. Have to rock up a shard trophy in his uh, in, uh, on his mantle at the end of the season. This is a big, dangerous player who knows how to score now. He he found out like where to go on the ice to get goals. Jess, like mm-hmm. that, there's certain like like Luke Robitaille was never a great skater, but knew where to go. His his hockey IQ to score goals was off the chart. That's why he had six hundred goals. Adrian now knows what to do with his toolbox and skill set to score goals. He couldn't. It's the same t- tools. It's the same toolbox. Same skill skill set that he had when he scored fourteen goals. So what changed? Like his knowledge, his IQ has changed. Still takes terrible penalties. I get that. I understand that. <laughs> that comes with the. That comes with this player. Nobody's a perfect player. But yes, he, I I think fans should be disappointed if he doesn't get the the, the forty this season because he should build off what he had last season. Plus, I think this is a more dangerous team once they you know figure out totally what their uh, system and scheme is because. I don't think anybody knows what this team identity is. I know you love that word identity, Jess. I do, and I'm glad you brought it up because that was <laughs> going to be where I go next, <clears throat> which is, of course, um, a different fight uh, I've been having, not yes. just online, but uh, in person with anybody. Um, I didn't think that the defense needed any work in the offseason. I looked at last season's numbers, and I said, listen, they played 14 defensemen, and they still wound up you yeah. know, second lowest shots against or something like that, You know, fifth lowest shot attempts, whatever it was. I am not prepared to join the chorus of people who are screaming for a trade for a, you know, a quote unquote legit top line left handed defenseman. Mm-hmm. But I will say three games in the identity um, of the team as being good at shot suppression and good at defense and that second line and that fourth line, the hallmarks of last season's success are uh, conspicuously um, absent so far through three games. Now it's early and I, you know, I thought the, uh, the nice line, to know more in Arvids and I thought mm-hmm. they looked great last night against Minnesota. They didn't score, but I thought they looked uh, really good at times. I have no doubt that they will begin to score. 
And uh, I thought Dowdy and Anderson at times in the three games have looked fantastic. They had a bit of a rough game against Minnesota. But I have no doubt that those things will show up. I think the team's disjointed with respect to the the chemistry between the pairs and and the forwards. And I think because of the change, remember, Walker was in, he was out last night. Mm -hmm. You put in Clark in there. The continuity with respect to the defense has changed. And I think there's the disconnect between the support the forwards give and the defense. And that, I think that's the biggest issue um, with respect to that. I, I just think in, in the Vegas game, they were just overpowered. They, they didn't know how to deal with a, a, a big physical team at the net. And that's why they had 52 shots on goal last night. And, you know, there's also the guy in the cage who needs to, I, I don't know, I'm, I'm really concerned about that. I mean, Cal's got to be way better. He didn't get a lot of support. He, he, he held the fort in the last 10 minutes of the game, Jess, but the mm-hmm. first 50, uh, I'm just, uh, I'm concerned about that player. I'm concerned about the contract. Uh, I think if you try to figure it out, but you're right. It's clearly not the shot suppression team that was here last year. And maybe, maybe because everybody hears, oh, this is a real better, this is going to be a better offensive team, that the commitment to playing defense isn't there. Cause okay, we can score. We got better players. We got Kevin Fiala. We got Brand Clark. Maybe there needs to be a reset from a, from a mental standpoint of, okay, we need to recommit to playing defense because it's not close to being the team that was last season, but it doesn't mean you can't win games. No. And it is, you know, it's three games. So tough to get too high, too low. It's- 100%. It's three games. They're still on the road. Uh, a lot of people suggested that being on the road would maybe help, you know, solidify that identity, right? Get on the get on the bus, get on the train, get together yeah. away from the distractions and everything. And I don't know, seven goals, <laughs> seven goals against the Minnesota Wild team. I'm certainly not the only person to have made this observation, Dennis. But how many years was it that a Kings Wild game? meant you could basically not watch and just predict you know, <laughs> two to one or three to two and and a dull boring game where nothing happened every year leading up to this one jess obviously yeah seven to six is probably about three three usually three games worth of goals for sure yeah but i mean minnesota came into the league in 99 2000 yeah mm-hmm. 2001 somewhere around there i don't remember the order those four teams were introduced and i mean it's been 20 years of of no disrespect to the state of hockey, but boring hockey, right? Like, well, Kaprizov has changed that, but up to well, coming into the league, who was the coach? Jacques Lemaire, yeah, who had the left wing, you know, the, the trap and the left wing lock and everything like that. So that that was their identity. Which I get it for an expansion team, like that's not a bad idea to be a defensive first team. Seattle's trying to do that. Uh, Vegas, who knows what Vegas is doing? Every it changes every year, but yeah, th- that was um, a team that. Wasn't dangerous in the playoffs. Like I don't think anybody is is scared to play the Wild in the playoffs, right? No. Because they're not this overpowering team. But they're smart. They're mobile. They don't beat themselves. It's changing. Like before Kaprizov got there, it was that up and down, up and down the wing, play good defense, don't surrender a lot. And it's changed a bit. And it certainly changed the first two games. Yes, look what they did. They gave up yeah. what seven <laughs> goals in each game. That's that's. That's troublesome, and especially with Flurry in that, that's going to be uh, – he had to get pulled last night. But th- you're right. Usually it's a very boring match between the Kings and Wild, but that certainly changed last night. And I think it was Alex Faust that mentioned it on the telecast last night, uh, a fact that, that I now am aware of but didn't realize last year was that Kevin Fiala had the second-best Minnesota Wild season uh, in franchise history last night, and Karel Kaprizov had the – the best, the best Minnesota Wild season last, and both of them were last season. So it just gives you a, a hint. Of, hey, Kevin uh, Fiala had what 50, 52 assists or something. Mm-hmm. Or, no, I mean, great he, had a, he had a great season, and he should be able to replicate. It's going to take time to get 
85 points to be a franchise's second best season. That's true. That's a good point. Right. That's, that's a function of what you talked about. A boring hockey that doesn't score a lot. Yeah. All right, Dennis, we're going to wrap it up. Uh, Thank you so much for joining me as always. Always a pleasure, Jess. On to uh, Detroit. (laughs) On to Detroit. That's right. All right. Thanks, Stevie. Always a pleasure, Jess. Thanks. Thanks again to Dennis Bernstein for helping me take a look back at week one and for having the decency to admit that Gabriel Velarde was the undisputed king of the week. And now it's time to make Mikey say it. Mikey Alexander, a.k.a. Michael Michael Motorcycle, is one of the LA Kings in arena hosts and has a seemingly bottomless reservoir of energy and positivity. Zach Dooley came up with the idea of making Mikey say the most mundane and boring things we could come up with, And I loved the idea so much I decided I had to do it, even if I was the only person entertained by it. I have no idea if I am the only person entertained by it, but I am still very much entertained by it. And Mikey is such a good sport about it that we're just going to keep on doing it. Take it away, Mikey. Mitochondria is the Thank you, Mikey Alexander. I spent way too much time on that, so I really hope somebody out there laughed at it as much as I did, and I wish all of you could have been there while I made Mikey scream his lungs out at our uh, at our new studio at the LA Kings office. Tweet at me, email me, Instagram, DM me, however you want to do it, but let me know if you find it funny or annoying. I, I'm just curious. Uh, all the Kings men has taken a much more serious tone. Uh, over the past few seasons as I've grown more accustomed to what I consider my role as the official podcast of the LA Kings. But the show really started with me and some other Kings fans getting together, laughing at each other, laughing at the team, laughing at its history. Um, I'd like to bring some of that back, so I hope you'll all indulge me, and I hope you'll all participate. I've said it before, but I picked the name All the Kings Men because I really do want it to be for Kings fans. I still consider myself just a fan with a mic who got lucky. Um, you guys are All the Kings Men, as corny as that may sound. So we're going to be having more moments like the game we played with Mikey last episode, uh, name in movies. Um, we'll hopefully bring on some players, more players to talk about stuff like their favorite cereal, like we did with Mikey Alexander. Find out stuff like where they like to sit when they go to a game, like we did with Adrian Kempe. And um, from time to time, we'll want you to weigh in. And full disclosure, this is the second time I'm recording this, and I only wrote the script up to this point. Um, I really don't like reading off of scripts, but sometimes I write them so that I remember to hit certain points. But generally speaking, I hate reading off of scripts. I don't like laying out an agenda for the show. I prefer to speak off the top of my head, and um, that's what I'm doing right now. So apologies if uh, there was a sudden breakdown in cohesion. But as I said, I do want Kings fans to participate. We're going to be doing some drafts. We're going to be trying out some new things. We have a new studio. I'm really excited about the season. I hope you guys are as well. I want you guys to give us feedback. Let us know who you want to hear from, what you want to hear about. I'm aware that there are other shows. I listen to them. I'm a fan. I want to hear the conversations that those shows can have that this show can't. Um, 
we're not going to get into criticisms. We're not going to delve deep into breaking down mistakes or uh, if there's a bad game, we're not going to dwell on it and call people out. That's just not what we're here to do. We are the official podcast of the LA Kings. But barring that, I do want to hear from you because there are things that we can do on this show that the other shows can't. We do have access. We do have opportunity. And I want to wield those uh, in a way that is going to be of most service to Kings fans. So um, we are going to try and bring you as much stuff as we can that you will want. And the only way we can do that is if you let us know about it. So like I said, if you see me on the concourse of the games, come up, let me know. If you have my email address, send me an email. If you're one of the few people out there that has my phone number, shoot me a text. Otherwise, you can get me, like I said, on Instagram, on Twitter, email. I try and get back to everybody. Um, every now and then, I'm even occasionally on Facebook. So really, I appreciate you taking the time to listen to this. Again, I'm sorry that the second half of it was not scripted, but that's just how I prefer to do things. So thanks as always for listening. Thanks to Dennis Bernstein. Thanks to Mikey Alexander. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you soon.